Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined today by the two members of the team who have a clean internet history. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I wouldn't go Clean-ish. that far, but I haven't got my parents checking it for me, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Reese here with Dan and Danny. Um, we've decided to jump ahead a little bit in the schedule because we had what was supposed to be according to some people, the best day in motorsports. Um, two out of three, two of us, three of us watched, three of us watched um, Monaco. Two and a half of us watched IndyCar and then one and a half of us watched NASCAR. Um, fair to say. It was a long it, day. It was a long, it was a long day for those who could be bothered to stay out for NASCAR for the rest of us early night. And I didn't regret it at all, to be honest. Because I'm not really a NASCAR fan. Anyway. Utter silence. <laughs> <laughs> Pissed off these two by saying I don't like NASCAR. Love it. Um, <laughs> as Danny flashes his Corvette shirt. What we do all like is Formula One. And Monaco, thanks to it descending into chaos, was watchable. Most definitely. Definitely watchable. Danny, thoughts on Monaco? Um, it, was, um, it was an interesting race. Uh, you had the wet weather that put a change into everyone's plans, and then you had the drama in the beginning with the marsh. I mean, the the race director not starting the race in time, a supposed power outage that hasn't been really addressed at all. Um, we we d- did get to see a good race. Um, Perez came from third and and won the race, and uh, so they, that was that was great to see. Um, there was some drama at Ferrari. A busted uh, uh, busted strategy call. It's just uh, I guess normal for them. Um, and uh, yeah, and we see uh, Alonso is back. Variety's <laughs> and Alonso holding back. Alonso improving to everybody that Monaco track is shit. Yeah, and that's plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> those are my views. The Monaco track is shit if you're racing against someone who can defend. If yeah, you're if you're against Esteban Ocon. Then all you have to do is put yourself alongside him a couple of times, wait for him to drive, in, drive you into a wall, and you get a time penalty that will allow you past him. Yeah, that was um, that was rough. That was a rough penalty. Um, I think the the penalty happened. I know there's a, a popular image being shown around where the crash happened. It didn't happen in an apex. It happened, I think, on a straight. I think the straight yeah. after Anthony knows or, or on that Rascast. And um, you know, Monaco is very tight in here. We know how tight Monaco is, and uh, I, I, it's a bit unfair, a bit harsh for Ocon. Um, I felt that he did a pretty good job defending Lewis there throughout the race, the early part of the race. I mean, like you say, I think if you if they all say it's harsh or whatever, or he says it's harsh, but if you crash into someone on a straight who's trying to overtake you, you 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 do a penalty. Oh yeah, most definitely. Only if you're from a certain team. Uh... At, at that particular point, do these penalties apply? Apparently, also it takes about three to five business days to make a decision of a penalty, um, as <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, we did have a red flag, and they somehow managed to announce this after the red flag. Yeah, like they had a red flag. Someone ordered in some like Nando's. They had a little think about <laughs> it, and then they decided that this was going to be the penalty that they put out after that. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe the power went out on their decision-making equipment. Who knows? Because because they don't tell us. They just let us. 
and the whole entire Sky team just chat shit about them until we figure out exactly what it was that happened. I don't know how this is going to improve racing or improve the, the, the direction of the race, but I, I really don't find it very useful, the, the letting the drivers decide for themselves if somebody has gone off track or somebody has gained an advantage. Um, if, you, if you're the fr- driver in the front and you, don't, you make a mistake and then you let the driver behind stay behind you the whole time, you know, you're subject to a penalty. Um, and, and in the past, I, I felt like having that c- clear direction even though these are Formula One stewards and Formula One race directors that haven't been so good in the past couple of years, I think we just need that kind of that energy back, that uh, direction back. Well, yeah, I think letting them decide for themselves doesn't work because there were times where I think it was Joe just straight up cut the chicane, backed off and thought, yeah, that will do, when really he should have given up the place. But to be honest, I think that's not the issue. I mean, there were many issues that were raised in Monaco. Um I think we all realise the cost cut, the cost cap is going to affect teams in one way or another. Whether it's Red Bull and the and the weapons race for the for the title, which they claim is around other teams not being able to finish the season or complete all the races. I think the only team that might be in trouble of that is Haas because Schumacher had another big one. Yeah, right. I have a question about this. It didn't look like a really fast impact but it tore the ass off of that Haas is that I'm just spitballing right but the car's not meant to break like that right no well it the, the thing is now since the Grosjean incident the rear of the car or the gearbox is supposed to detach easier that being said without seeing what the g-forces were of the accident it's hard to really tell because you're right, it wasn't as hard a hit as the one in um, in Jeddah where everyone expected the car to rip in half because that was one heck of an impact. This one, he's... Um, Mick Schumacher said himself he was 10 centimetres offline. That caused the car to go into a spin. It spun through one of the more... Um, I don't know, G-force-creating sections of track there's, there's no way saying you probably get the most g's at monaco going through that whole swimming pool section but yeah it didn't i mean granted the first <laughs> this is the problem with formula one they love to show us a slow motion replay but what really helps you get a grasp of things is seeing something happen at full speed yeah it just it looked very it, it just yeah it just it didn't look as violent as what the car would like you know make you believe if you'd come back like oh crap what's this well, happening this saw- looks really aggressive well, that was it. We saw the we saw the accident. I mean, there were and a few drivers were saying they were worried about Mick because the car had been ripped in half. Um, I mean, there was one. I think there was one replay that was shown at full speed, and that was from the harbour side. And it did look like he goes went into the wall fast, but I mean, everything looks fast in a Formula One car, really, unless Nicholas Latifi's driving it. <laughs> Even his Rex, he uh, he crashed this race. Yeah, so Latifi. Um, yeah. Does it count as crashing in the race? Because no, but whoever had that in the in the it was in the, the formation lab, was card. it not? There you go. Yeah, but who hasn't got that, that in the Formula One bingo card? Like, just yeah, that would be my top pick. Free space. It's it, it shouldn't even be on there. Will there be a safety car? Will there be a red flag? It should be. Will Latifi crash? Yes or no? Yeah. That's, that's Will it be other. Latifi who brings out the safety car? I think we need to we need to add Schumacher to that list. We need to add Mick to that list. 
that's it. It's your 50-50. It's like flipping a coin. Who's going to bring out the safety car? Is it going to be Mick or is it going to yeah. be uh, yeah. Latifi? I think what we were saying with Mick this year, um, it, it's, it's a rough year. And he has a, a really good driver, really good teammate in Kevin. And uh, he's not... He's not performing. He hasn't scored points, and they, the Haas team keeps throwing points away. Well, he's sort of uh, been, he's sort of been warned now, but hasn't he, by Gunter? Yeah. Because these crashes they're adding up, and I mean, the last time he ripped the car in half, it cost the team a million dollars. If you think that's going to happen again, I can't I can't remember what the cost cap is for this year, but I tell you what, you don't be losing any, even one percent of your cost cap to damage. Um, I feel like you don't need to have Latifi in a car. I think. Maybe like another option, but also right. Did you see uh, Kevin's face when he saw the screen and he'd gone off as well when he was just walking back? It was it's like ah mm-hmm. oh, shit. Not even one of us is gonna make it. Both out. Great. Yeah. Call the misses. It's it's gonna be a late one. That's it with Haas at the moment, isn't it? It's either all brilliant or all rubbish. There is there is no in between. There's just no consistency in between and no consistency at the top either. They'll have some moments of brilliance, but most of the consistency is in bad luck, bad decisions, or just um, sloppy building of their cars. You know, it's just, that's that's Haas. This is it. I mean, even when you go back as far as Australia a few years ago, and go to Steiner said, we were looking like rock stars, and now we look like wankers. It's, it's that is the genuine feeling of Haas just constantly now. It's one race, rock stars, the next race, wankers. They're probably going to end up brought out in the next year or two, to be fair. No, because I think Andretti's team got a Porsche, aren't there? His new entry. Yeah, but there's my <laughs> there's other options. I mean, if we had a twenty four car grid again, there'd be some uh, serious concerns if you're a, if you're a certain team, because you've got to you got to improve. Um, and I'm looking at Williams because you, you just it seems like if there's a chance of longing it out for strategy, they could do it most races. But Monaco, it really does show up if you've got a bad car in Monaco because it, it's such a, a twisty, intricate circuit. And if your car can't handle that, then you're going to struggle. And it, it, it really, I think it's one of those that just flags up the issues in cars. Would he have got a chance to hold people up from the front if he wasn't at the back? I think it's one of his favourite games. You could tell he's on the Red Bull payroll, can't you, Alex Alba? Exactly, yeah. The red flags? Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. All I see is purple. I don't see any blue or red. He got away with it, didn't he? That, yeah, it was multiple blue really. flags. Of course he multiple did. Multiple blue flags. Of course he did. I mean, let's say it was. We could say all this, but the biggest impeding was Joe on signs. Let mm-hmm. <laughs> he he lets Perez through, and then signs gets caught up behind him for um up and up the hill, pretty much. And I mean, you lose so much time. That's a problem with Monaco. A lot of traffic there. And what was his penalty for that? Again, remind me. Didn't. Ugh, shocker. Another, not another penalty. It was literally a day of let's just penalise Alpine because we don't like the French. It, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally what it's like because the Williams didn't get done. Um, Joe, Joe didn't get done. Yeah, uh, we had the Red Bulls, which clearly crossed the line. Uh, well, or we no. Doing? oversteer or no let's, let's, let's just say it wasn't red bulls first of all when it said perez noted i'm pretty sure that was a mistake because we've all seen now the fan footage 
of Perez exiting the pit, pit lane and he does not cross the yellow line. He, he maybe he maybe rushes the corner of it. Max crossed it. It was definitely. so obvious. You can see it from Checo's. Yeah, right. it from Checo's. Chris, if you're listening, you need glasses. He needs glasses. It was much. a clear cross. No, it's not a bit much. If Chris doesn't like it, he can get on a podcast and defend himself for once. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like, people don't get punished. for. It felt like it was just a case of punish Alpine. Um, whilst Ocon sort of deserved his penalty, it was a case of, well, if you're going to punish Ocon, you've got to punish half the grid. But they didn't. This, they didn't this, have this, to. They, they had Alonso. <laughs> they had Alonso holding everybody up. Yeah, Alonso penalized everybody. At, at first, I thought it was all, you know, Norris has legitimate pace, but no, Alonso was four seconds slower a lap on purpose. He, he claims to have saved his tires for the first 15 laps. I mean, he decided. did save his tires, though, because he did completely oh, he drop did. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And, but I, I think at that point, if you listen to the radio, Lewis's radio at that time, he was told, you know, there's an Alpine, Alpine behind you with a five-second penalty. Lewis is going to back him up. At the end, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Lewis is going to make a spot, but he was going to screw Alpine for that, though. I wonder if the whole purpose of what they were doing was to try and get Ocon past Hamilton to then overtake Alonso. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, but there's just no way that Ocon was going to pass Hamilton. He would have had to pass Hamilton, then pass Alonso, and then get five seconds up the road. Not really doable, is it? No, no, because Alonso would have backed off and given him the the gap. Mm, see, I, I wanted to have another discussion on people that back off and give each other the gap. Okay, here's the question. Um, should Alonso be penalised for that? For no. driving he didn't do anything. four seconds a lap slower? Well, maybe maybe we can touch on this later. We'll touch on that later. Um, yeah. Because... <laughs> well, because I know most of, uh, mo- most of Twitter right now is up in arms about that. Well, that, that's the problem with Monaco. It is just not suitable for modern F1 because it's too narrow. And the cars are too big. Um, although I think Alonso made a good point about saying the size of the cars, the weight of the cars, that makes these crashes a lot, a lot worse because you are effectively chucking something now that's eight hundred kilos into a barrier rather than something that was a lot lighter in the past. Yeah. But shall we move on to the sharp end of the grid? Because Sergio Perez is a legitimate title contender. He had shocking luck in Saudi Arabia. He was shafted by his own team in Spain. And when it came to a race where it's all about the driver and not about the car in the sense of, hey, it was a wet race, he, well, was the best one out there. I mean, the whole weekend he was better than Verstappen. There's no there's no hate or bias in that. He was better than Verstappen all weekend. And he found his way into everyone's hearts when he also managed to bring out a red flag at the end of qualifying. <laughs> he was... um. Max thought it might have been, uh, there's talk on the radio that they're saying Max thinks it was intentional, but obviously that wasn't his di- his direction of the conversation we're having, but, uh, you know, it's not a bad strategy. Wait, I have a theory, right? Mm. Nico Rosberg was there at the Monaco Grand Prix, mm. and what was Nico Rosberg's little trick into turn one? Well, it wasn't into turn one, it was down to uh, Mirabeau. Turn five, yellow, yellow, turn five. No, he went into... No, on turn one, Mirabeau, turn five, yeah. Mirabeau went off down the hill, outbraked himself after taking the wrong line, and um, then, you know, reversed onto the track at the right time for blocking Hamilton. See, I think he's been getting shady tips. 
well, if you want to beat Verstappen, you know you need to... I mean, what what is the equivalent of cooking burgers outside Hamilton's window to Verstappen? Do you remind him that he's actually Belgian? I think so. I'll play the Belgian national anthem. <laughs> I mean, what can you do to what can you do to annoy Max Verstappen, other than you know race him hard and then not understand that he he doesn't like it when it goes the other way, does he, Verstappen? Um, but no, evil. I don't think any driver does. Though. A child that likes it his own way is is what it is. Isn't most the grid though? I'm pretty sure. Alonso doesn't care. Full stop. I, I don't no, know. GP2 Alonso engine. Is... GP2. Alonso's a child. They're all. Ch- they are all really. Yeah. The, it's changed. I mean, with the exception of. I mean, this is what's happened. With Kimi Räikkönen's retired. I. I think maybe only Valtteri Bottas, is the only one there who's not really petulant. Vettel. I mean, Vettel's all right to be honest, but he still has Vettel his has moments. Changed. He's changed, yeah. but he yeah. still has his moments if he gets knocked he out in Q1. Something. If he gets knocked out in Q1, Vettel's a different beast to any other time in an F1 weekend. Mick Schumacher as well, but Mick's just ridiculously nice. Yeah. Do you hear his um, Do you hear his team radio in the red flag? Who, no. Mix? Mix, yeah. No, he's laughing away. He's, he's just laughing away in such a Schum- in such a Mick Schumacher way. That you just can't help but like him, and just going, "This is the <laughs> wettest I've ever been in a Formula One in a Formula car." <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, as we fair, I did. I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? That was during the race. That was uh, no, yeah, during the red that flag. Was, yeah, it's after they red flagged it and they all got out and changed. It was their, the first red, the first um, red flag. Yeah, where they all changed their suits. Yeah. But anyway, we were saying Perez is a legitimate title contender. Yes, but he'd even yes, he is. But he'd be even more of a legitimate title contender if he wasn't made to move over in previous well, races. This, this is it. Do you know what the points tally would be if he had not been made to move over? Please tell us, Reese. Do you know? I do know, because we worked this out immediately after the race, because we were like, well, Perez just got Perez just got 10 points on Verstappen there. We're thinking, well, how would it be if he had been allowed to get past Verstappen, easily overtook Russell, been so far down the road that Verstappen would never have got team orders in the last race? And it, um, it would have made a very interesting title picture, because Verstappen would still be on top of the championship, with 118 points. But after that, Perez would be on 117 and Leclerc would be on 116. And what's to say that he wasn't able to get uh, a fastest lap if he was pushing for it to get the points, which is to say, you know, he's not going to be well, pushing. Well, you, you say that, yeah. I, I, I kept the you fastest know. laps when I worked that out as in whoever had the fastest lap in that race got the fastest lap. Yeah. Perez got the fastest lap in Spain, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He did. Which is why some people were saying, oh, Verstappen would have had the fastest lap in Spain because Perez pitted to get it. But no. No, I mean, there's just as good a chance that wouldn't have been the case. What if, right? What if Max got past signs? Um, do you think they would have made him move over? Do you think they would have forced him out? Not much. I think there are two races you can't team order someone to move them out of the way for a race win. And I think that is Monaco and whatever their home Grand Prix is. I think those are the two races you can't do that to a driver. So being Red Bull, they probably would have done. <laughs> I just think if Verstappen had made it past Carlos, got up behind Perez, you know, as the points leader, 
would they have had to make a decision to, to move him? And let's be honest, would would Perez have moved? Do you think, do you think he would have moved? I don't know. I, I, I doubt I doubt it. I doubt he would move two races in a row. That's um that's my theory. Yeah, Perez Perez is not he's a he's been you know, he's been racing since um twenty ten, twenty eleven. He does. I, I would put him in that generation, the the Hamilton Vettel generation. He came in at the tail end. Uh, they don't take it orders, team orders lightly. Um, remember 2013 with McLaren. He he also got into a lot of teammate paddles with with uh, Button. Yeah, and he carried that along for Sydney with Nico Hulkenberg, and and then his famous one obviously was with a uh, famous rivalry with Ocon. So um, Perez won't give quarters. He he will race hard, and teammate or not, I, I do believe that he is a uh, a legit contender for this title. Absolutely, 100%. No, I, 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 he's definitely should be a legitimate t- contender. And now actually having some say in the car, you could say the car actually suits him a little bit better than mm-hmm. it suits Verstappen. I would like to bring up uh, the appalling decision by Ferrari. To pit Leclerc, and then well, bring him back in and double and double stack them. Yeah, Ooh, well, like, I think this is the issue because they didn't want about? to. It was like they decided, yeah, let's bring him in, and they were like, oh no, size is in the pits. We haven't got the gap. And the thing is, Leclerc crossing the Verstappen crossing the line or not, regardless of that, if he didn't double stack, the time he lost behind Verstappen, the gap which he lost. He would easily have been ahead if he didn't spend two if he didn't spend two seconds of or two three seconds of them picking up the tires and finding the right tire for the stop. And Ferrari, you gotta give some credit to Ferrari when they didn't want to double stop, they still reacted quite well. The pit the pit crew the pit crew that is not the not the strategy. The strategy was a mess. The pit wall was a mess, but the pit crew were exceptional for Ferrari that day. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Like to be fair, most teams were exceptional. But you can't tell him not to come in as he's turning into the pit lane. Like, it's really, it's ridiculous. Like, in modern F1, with all the tracking, all the data that you have, like, that shouldn't be something that happens. Like, a big, as big a mistake as that. Well, you say that, there are clearly effects going on with the budget cap. Because, I mean, look at the radars. I mean, not the radars getting it wrong, because no one could have predicted that. But did you hear, um, I think it was Daniel Ricciardo's team radio, where they said, so we've got a bit of a blind spot here, the usual blind spot in Monaco in the mountains. What would teams have done in the past in tracks like Spa and Monaco where there was a blind spot? They would pay someone to go sit out there. They obviously can't afford to do that anymore. I mean, Haas, poor Haas probably won't be able to afford to fly half the team out at this rate. <laughs> the Haas team to get to Baku are going to have to get a mega bus. Megabus, yeah. one pound each. That's good. One pound, one pound from from Monaco to Baku, and they have to carry the supplies with them. <laughs> At this rate, Gunter Steiner is going to be putting the remaining budget on the on the Monaco casino to try and just to try and just get the That's team it. for the rest of the year. Double all on black. That's it. All, yeah. all on black. Let's go. Yeah. Well, they've already gambled on red, and it didn't work out for them. Oh. As little communist see. joke for you all. Oh yeah, so we're allowed to take the make out of communists, just not people in certain forms of transport. 
Well, yeah, of course. But the thing is, with communism jokes, they're all equal. <laughs> oh, that's the second dad joke. There you go. That's two. <laughs> Reese can't help himself. He's cheesing really hard right now. <laughs> you, you, you say that. You laugh at the dad jokes. Hey, I can relate. I'm a dad. They're funny. What? I can my, I catch them. What's my issue then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about IndyCar? Uh, yeah. Yes. Because one thing who I won t- who won Formula Formula One driver, sorry, former wait, wait, Formula wait, wait. One driver. Hold on, is it a two th- driver two thousand eighteen Sauber? Did he draw for two thousand eighteen for the Sauber team? Did this guy drive for the two thousand fourteen Catering team? He did drive for Catering. He did drive for Sauber. He is. Um, most well known for not hitting Roman Grosjean. Most known for not hitting Roman Grosjean. <laughs> he hit me. Uh, it was Marcus Ericsson who won. Grosjean, he he went out as well. So yeah, but we'll, 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 we'll get to it's that. an absolute shit show. I I want to talk about I want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, Marcus Ericsson won the Indy Five Hundred. Um, so I mean, no spoiler. You probably know that if we say IndyCar, you know. Who, I think everyone knows in motorsports who won the Indy 500. But like Monaco, which this Monaco, Monaco would have been shocking if there were no shenanigans. I feel like the Indy 500 would be the same. If you didn't have drivers crashing in the Indy 500, the race would just be pretty flat and boring. Yeah, but it's the same as NASCAR. It, it doesn't get fun until there's a, a crash and they have to reset. It's... Just, well, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. That's why I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't so call many that laps. the same. As, I'd, I'd say that's oval racing more than anything. You rely on a yeah, you so rely cool. on a crash to to bunch the field back up, and that is yeah. why you bring in all these failed F one drivers <laughs> to crash. Twenty twenty three. They're also you just don't expect <laughs> we, them to win. We can have a whole team of Latifi and. Uh, Stroll. Stroll, Stroll, Schumacher. Yeah, we just put a free Stroll and Latifi both managed to crash behind the safety car. Romain Grosjean would be proud. If these are, if these guys are going to be the best thing that Canada can produce, <laughs> no, but they're not the best thing Canada can, Canada can produce. That is syrup and bacon. <laughs> no, the, the syrup is really good though. So yeah, I to go off on Canada, Canada, yeah, they're drivers. Strolling the teeth is just not good. But Villeneuve is still driving, still making appearances, I think, in, in NASCAR. So that's good to see. Now, I think this is the thing, isn't it? It's just Canada, if it's on ice, they're brilliant. Yeah. If it's not on ice, not very good. It's true, isn't it? Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the Canada. Canadians just like violence. Hey, why am I apologizing to Canada? If anything, they'll just apologize to me. Yeah. <laughs> no way, we don't want to be sorry, eh? <laughs> Jeez. Hey, just to add on Ericsson, just to add on him, um, you know, congratulations to him. Great race. You have one leg of the Triple Crown. Um, that's Absolutely it. <laughs> that, that's amazing it. couple of last yeah. laps. Mar- Marcus uh, yeah. Ericsson has, is as close to the Triple Crown as Fernando Alonso. Yeah. He's as close uh, to the Triple no, Crown. No, no. He is. Alonso has two. Oh, Alonso and Montoya have two. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Alonso and Montoya have two. I mean, he's as close to the Triple Crown as... Max Verstappen, and he'll probably be closer than Max Verstappen can ever get to it because Verstappen says he won't race in. He's once again said he won't race in IndyCar because why would he race in ovals? Because it's just dangerous. Because he can't be himself in a driving with motorsports is dangerous. Driving against Verstappen is dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, 
It's a good point. O motorsport is dangerous. Oval racing is even more dangerous. If you put Max Verstappen on an oval, it's it is just ma it's Mad Max. Yeah. It's death race. In a stock car, yeah. It's death race. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to um, the Aaron McLaren team that got uh, yes. it was like second and fourth or something. They had, they had an amazing like race, but second, fourth, and wherever Montoya was. Which, considering Montoya was a was a one time deal, am I right in saying, Danny? Yeah, yeah. To stay with Ericsson, literally down to literally trying to be on his bumper, swerving like a snake, and Ericsson still managed to beat him off. Bearing in mind, this is Wait, hang on. What now? Ericsson did what now? He managed to beat him. He, he managed to beat him, <laughs> keeping him off him. Um, amazing racing. From, from it him. was it was brilliant to see um all this left right left right left right action and not hear someone screaming on the team radio saying he's moving too many times yeah that's literally <laughs> what i was thinking it if was so refreshing F1, it would have been madness i, I tell you <laughs> i tell you what though paso award is now up to second in the indycar drivers championship yeah, if that's what they call it Do they call it drivers championship i assume standings driver's standings or in canada's the um the driver's standings eh eh Sorry, no, hang on, no, that was really, that was not Canadian. Uh, I've just probably offended a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is, are there any Canadians in IndyCar? IndyCar? Yeah. Who? There's several of them. In IndyCar? Yes. There's a Wait, couple of Swedes. Are you deaf? There's a Mexican. Yes. Hold on. Two, two seconds. There's a New Zealander. Dixon, where's Dixon? New Scott Zealand? Dixon's New Zealand. And so is, um... Canadian. McLaughlin. D. Francesco is Canadian. He's New Zealand. D. Francesco is Canadian. Uh, Dalton Keller is Canadian. Okay. So what you've just done is listed two drivers from Canada who are better than the ones in Formula One. <laughs> I don't know. I would say finishing 20th and 27th is not great, but they didn't crash. They finished the but race. They did, did they finish? finish. They, did, they did finish. They did finish IndyCar, which um, this is the thing because. I think, first of all, Pato Award is second in the standings there. Daniel Ricciardo is really struggling. Award has been extended by McLaren in the McLaren deal, which I'm starting to feel like these McLaren contracts are more like the Red Bull contracts, which is you will drive one of the four Red Bull cars on the grid, where it feels like now the McLaren contract is you will drive one of our cars in one of these sports. Daniel Ricciardo could get bumped into Formula E at this rate. That McLaren yeah. are in Formula Formula E next season. Daniel Ricciardo could get bumped to Formula E for all we know. McLaren's joining the has joined Formula E this year, right? Next this year, first year in Formula. It's next year. Next year, next year yeah. they take they take over from Mercedes. Wow. Yeah, is it? Which to be fair, is not a bad team to inherit. They're, they're doing things right. Also, you've got to look at why are, why are Mercedes coming out of Formula E when when they were one of the biggest startup. Uh, competitors within the sport. I have no idea. I mean, if I was pulling out of Formula E and your image is trying to be sustainable, you can only think they're focusing more on hydrogen. Is this them scaling back because they've got to scale back on the cost caps of like everything and then, you know, they're trying to save money? Well, like, you maybe. Know, you, just, you just don't know. Maybe they, didn't, maybe they didn't have anybody to run it. Was it Susie Wolf running yeah. the team? Uh, I think she runs her own team. I thought she ran the Mercedes. I thought she ran. I thought she ran another team in Formula E. I don't know. To be honest, none of, we, this is where we do need Tim because Tim will watch <laughs> anything with four wheels, whether it sounds like an electric lawnmower or not. <laughs> yeah, he will. It's it sounds mm -hmm. like my friend's Dyson hairdryer. 
That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like Stephen Gerrard trying to answer a difficult question. That's a soccer player, right? Uh, no, she is CEO of Venturi Racing in Formula E. And uh, that's, not, that's not Mercedes, is that it? That is not Mercedes. I got something right about Formula E! We did it, boys. Yes. Wrap it up. Yes! Reese got a question right. Just I got something right about it. something I know nothing about. I am this podcast summed up perfectly. <laughs> All right, move thing... on from Formula E. Well, <laughs> move on from Formula E and back to IndyCar. Um, Colton Herter has been linked heavily with Formula One. Um, I know some people have seen Herter's performance in IndyCar and gone, "Oh well, he can't be good enough for Formula One because he because of the weekend he had." We got to remember Colton Herter completely wrecked that car in um in the warm-up in the week so they rebuilt that car so it that car's first laps were as part of um well they they, they his shakedown was the indy 500 yeah, yeah but they but they hadn't even sealed all the gaps had they from building they the couldn't. car the aero gaps they hadn't sealed any of it like the colton hurt the colton herter um well colton herter's retirement from the uh indy 500 it says mechanical when you look at the official standings but when you when he oh, was yes. interviewed after the race, he said, uh, no, we were pulled because we weren't fast enough. We were too slow. That's the one. Now, I'm starting to feel that this should be a thing in Formula 1. I feel if you fall two laps, da- if you fall two laps down, and I-, I-, I feel that that should be the... Uh, that should be... You should be pulled from the race if you, if you fall two laps behind because you are too slow. In, in NASCAR, don't you have to meet a minimum speed? Uh, IndyCar in in in, in 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 the Indy 500, you that you can get pulled for driving too slow. Because I think it happened to Alonso, didn't it? Once. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. For the second time. I'm second pretty sure time, IndyCar yeah. and NASCAR have the same thing. Where if you don't compete at a competitive level, i.e. you're too slow, then you're pulled. Well, maybe that should be a thing that Formula One experiment with. Yeah, but then you do, then you're just gonna have like four teams at the back getting pulled because they're shit. It, you know, you've got to let them compete. If they're paying twenty million to even get in the door just to, to, to compete, no. this is the thing because in the past Formula One had uh, you felt your teams could fail to qualify. It still has the hundred and seven percent time. Yeah, they had. Um, you're right. Uh, there was a lot of teams, a lot of drivers. This happened in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, they had a, a an extra qualifying session, and um, and from then, if you didn't qualify, you got sent home. Um, there were some notable exits that i can't seem to remember right now but um yeah you, you still had a full grid afterwards and you still had extra cars ready to go and in case any of these were wouldn't feel to you know start the race but yeah well even if you like say even if you crashed in the race you used to be able to run and get a different car the t cars yeah the t car yeah someone else's car as we proved last well, week yeah as we discussed last week yeah with Fangio. but this is this is what i don't get in for i think in formula one if Andretti comes in, if Porsche, VW, or whoever come in, you'd think there's going to be one or two teams going. If it goes up to 24 car grids, there is no way Monaco, with the size of the paddock, can handle a 24 car grid. How many spare garages are there currently? Well, it, it's held 24 at the, in the past, but there is a lot of talk at the moment. Of course, Monaco's contract's up in the air. The pad, they it pays the least money to be on, on the calendar it keeps all of its own sponsorship revenue uh, rolex you see there's no rolex adverts it's all tag heuer because tag heuer is the timepiece of the monaco grand prix 
Rolex plays an obscene amount of money to Formula One to be the um, the official timepiece of Formula One. And then it gets to Monaco, and it's one of the most watched events of the year. All the big names all over the world travel to see it. And Mason Mount. Sorry, Chelsea fans. It's for mate Rob. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Rob. Um, but <laughs> this is this is the thing. If you are Monaco, do you have to start adapting to modern Formula One and say, I am going to cough up a little bit extra money. I am going to find a way of having a better paddock. Because, I mean, the paddock for Monaco for the F2 and F3 is nowhere near the track, I believe. I I can't remember. I, like, I watched it, but I didn't see where it was. That, it is a way away. It's not as far away as it is. It's, it's not like as... south of the track. It's, it's, south not, of the, it's south of the track. It's not quite what it used to be, of course. There's a bit more money invested into the junior formulas these days. When um, right, hold Johnny on. Herbert but, was racing is it in... Still, is it still... Like, you still pit from the track, yeah? To the... Yeah, no, no, no. You are still... No, the paddock and the pits are different. But this this is the story I like. It's uh, one Johnny Herbert's... Uh, he's pretty much told the story of when he was racing in Formula 3. Um, of course, there wasn't the money in, it, in Formula 3 back then. So what they actually used to do was drive their cars on the road early morning to get to the track. So they'd be driving through Monaco at like six in the morning to get to the track in their Formula 3 cars, which I think is just awesome. Could you imagine driving a Formula a Formula 3 car on the streets, not a street circuit, but on the actual roads? In Monaco? In Monaco, like, like in anywhere, just anywhere, just like just driving yeah. on the road. Oh, I know. Oh, I'd be fine. That'd be nuts. <laughs> It'd be nuts. I have country roads where I live, and it's just two-lane highways that snakes its way through, and it's fun. That's that's America, isn't it? Everywhere is two-lane two-lane highways, <laughs> snaking all over the place. It's beautiful roads, and you're limited to fifty miles an hour. Well, in Texas and Austin, you can just take if you drive five miles away from the track, you have clear roads where you can. Yeah, the the speed limit is like eighty, which is the highest in the country, but. You can go ahead and crank, you know, go go deep with that car. See, I'd say the speed limit, the speed limit in, in this over here, it maximum is seventy, but everyone drives at around eighty-five. Yeah, more if you're in a rush. <laughs> yeah, more if you're in a rush. Yeah, you, you got people, you got people driving at eighty-five miles an hour, and boys in Britain seeing someone overtake them at ninety-five, thinking, "Oh, he's in a rush." <laughs> <laughs> you're fifteen miles an hour of the speed limit yourself. Oh, he's going pretty fast, isn't he? Germany has the autobahn. You can, you can drive, I guess, as fast as you want, right? You can. Yeah, that's more of a how big are your balls versus how fast can your car go. I've, I've, been, I've, I've driven that with a friend um, on the way to a Formula One race, and in the Audi that he was particular Audi he was in, when you go over a hundred miles an hour, it flashes red, and then if you go faster than that. It flashes a different colour. I thought it was a fucking rainbow at one point. <laughs> I was like, does your car just want you to stop? Well, also, you're not going to go 100 miles an hour in like a Ford Focus for a prolonged yeah. you know, amount of time. Ford Focus ST? Easy I, money. I'm, who would it, drive? Yeah, who ST, would drive of course. Focus? ST, yeah, you can. But no, like... No, I mean on this on podcast team. No. Probably you. <laughs> Danny's, probably... Danny's probably got a pickup. Uh-uh. No, I have... I... I have a Ford Focus. I drive a van. Oh, yeah. I, I actually do have one. Um, <laughs> Tim has a Focus. Oh. <laughs> I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just like Nicholas oh, TV, he well, uh, he crashes at very slow speed. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tim. 
that's low hanging fruit. Hi Tim low, and Tim's family who are listening to, who who may still be listening to this podcast off bent of last week. He'll love it. They love it. They gotta love it. Let's just keep it going. Well, I was gonna talk about the Hermano Rodriguez brothers, who are Mexican. We have a track uh, that's named after them. Um, and um, you know, a lot of uh, mentioned in the commentary. I also mentioned on the Discord server, on the Discord chat that um, you know Perez is the most successful Mexican driver. Um, there is some history to that. Uh, the Hermanos Rodriguez were two brothers. Um, died very, very early in age. One of them died at 21. The other one died at, at 31. Uh, drove for Ferrari during the 60s. They did a lot of sports car races. Um, they were highly talented, highly skilled. They raced any car in any series. And similar to a lot of the drivers at that time, Jim Clark, who drove in different series, uh, Graham Hill, um, Sterling Moss, they all drove for different series. Um, I think it kind of uh, it, it led to uh, their deaths, both of them, by driving in races that really didn't have importance. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's good to see Perez uh, succeeding. Uh, he's been a driver who's been in the grid for, for over 10 years now, and it was great to see him get his first Formula One win in Secure, and then last year he got a, his first win with Red Bull, and, and now he's a legitimate contender like we had talked about earlier. So it's just really, really good for Perez. Um, I know he has a lot of fans here in the States and, and in Mexico, of course, and in Latin America. And um, his core fans, who've been his fans from the beginning, and they're, um, they're excited about this. And this is good for F1 um, to have yet another driver. This is the thing. Challenging. Hermanos Rodriguez, the, these are the brothers, right? They are wildly celebrated. Mm-hmm. But Sergio Perez, with only his third win, is the most successful Mexican driver in the history of Formula One. And it just makes you wonder i mean he i you live in america danny is he already a rock star status over there in the americas no not, not here in the united states but definitely in mexico definitely in mexico and in there are there's been commercials where you see him on tv um obviously commercials are backed by by red bull um you'll see him on there but um, no i wouldn't say he's widely popular but it, definitely in, in in latin america he is um Latin America had we haven't had really great drivers in the past twenty five years. Um, if you want, you know Senna, yeah, he's Portuguese, he's Brazilian, um, but um, and you also have Massa, who's Brazilian, who's a champion for thirty nine seconds. But you know we uh, th- there definitely South America and Latin America just definitely wants a champion up on the represent well, them one more time. I, I think hopefully it'll be Perez what, this year. Whilst, okay, science fan, and I was gutted that science didn't win Monaco, and I'm getting a bit fed up of it the a science good race being second base and a science bad race being in the gravel trap at the end of lap two it's um it's a roller coaster as a science fan but i think as a perez fan it's probably even more of a roller coaster because you're sitting there watching sergio perez who has been unlucky this season has been off the pace in other races and now it the last two races you could argue he's been the best driver out there um, with the exception, of course, of I think Leclerc in Spain did look untouchable, but Perez was was also phenomenal in Spain. Um, I just it must be a right roller coaster being a Perez fan because he's been out the job, he's been in, he's been in, he's been saved at the last second, he's been team ordered. Uh, you, you've got to be fearing the worst at every second 
Mexico, is that Central or North America? How is that classed? North America. When Perez wins, yeah, it's Perez not wins. Perez. <laughs> it's <laughs> like Andy Murray. Over here, Andy Murray is Scottish <laughs> unless he wins, and then he's British. The Mexico, <laughs> Mexico's position in the world changes based no, on the they, success they of Sergio been... Perez, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and their national soccer team. But no, they are North American. I have to admit, my uh, knowledge of North American uh, drivers is very limited. So I think I just have to agree with everything that Danny said, to be fair. I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Danny. 100%. Well, we've had several champions. Yeah, but then Phil you did Hill, create an Andretti, entire driver program Field to get Rev. Scott Speed on the grid. Well, he's a fall from grace. He, um, I think he did sports cars after that, and he's been in some legal trouble, I'm assuming. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not good for Scott Speed. But do you know who it is good for? Our sponsor. Well, I, I, I do Who's that? wonder how the link has come there, but as you brought it up, Danny, or Dan even, uh, we might as well bring up the uh, the show sponsor, <laughs> which is Apex Tracks. Uh, for all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Now, we've rambled on about Monaco. we rambled on about IndyCar. We tried to talk about NASCAR despite being wildly uneducated. We spoke about Formula E, despite being wildly uneducated, but somehow got more right about that. Um, but one thing that we do know something about, well, at least two of us know something about, is biscuits. Yes, now... <laughs> right, this is the topic that I wanted to bring up. I'm glad that you brought it up, because obviously it was dis- discussed in Discord by Nathan, uh, one of the participants within the, the Discord group, which you're not if you're not in, you need to join, about... Um, yeah, the, the the link will be in the bio. Basically, this certain member wanted us to do a whole um, podcast on biscuits, uh, a whole episode addressed to biscuits. Um, but he hasn't given any particular suggestions about his best biscuit or biscuits that we should include. So I think that we should just give top five biscuits for all of us and then discuss. And then Nathan... The participant from Discord will be very happy. Well, this is the thing. I, I had also done some research. This is where my only homework has been done on uh, on this podcast. Uh, this week, I mean, we've completely, we throw it together quite quickly. Um, no, what do you guys, hold on. So. What are you guys trying to decide what's the best biscuit? Yeah. Well, no. I am. Pretty much. There was a debate on biscuits. Now, what is the best biscuit is pretty simple. I mean. There, there are there are a few that are just up there that are just on another level. Which are uh, your fox, your fox's cream crunches, your hobnobs, and then just even your Maryland cookie is just mate. Ah, what are you going on about with your rich people biscuits? Well, no, to be honest, I do love a custard cream and a bourbon. I love a bourbon. I like biscuits. There's a problem here. I custard like biscuits. Cream, bourbon, cookie, jammy dodger. They are the staples of Jerry biscuits. Dodgers. Do you no do you love have, for Jaffa cakes? Have, it's, it's a cake. No, okay. It's then this biscuit. is no, don't, no, no, stop. All right, because I've done some research, and by done some research, right. I mean what I did was I went through and uh, I pretty much decided to compare each F1 driver to a biscuit. <laughs> now, just bear me one second because I have to get my my list up here. Okay, so as you mentioned, Jaffa cakes. We might as well start off with uh, Nicholas Latifi. He is a Jaffa cake <laughs> because he shouldn't even be in discussion as an F1 driver, but he's there. 
But you have to include him because some people say, oh, he is, come on. But he's not. It's a biscuit-sized cake, Jaffa cake. So I think that's why they make it, because it's, it's biscuit-sized. Yeah, well, that's right, just like this Ain Nichols TV is F1 sized. Oh. <laughs> Nico Hulkenberg. Pink Panther Wafers. Hugely underrated. Pink Panther Wafers. Hugely underrated, but you always, for, but you always this, forget you it exists. And then it just shows up and you're delighted that it's there. <laughs> they are good. I've had those. Mick Schumacher. Uh oh. Now, this, this is where I, uh, this is what I say, Mick Schumacher. He is. The mint chocolate penguin. He's good, but the original was better. <laughs> penguin? Can you even buy the mint chocolate penguins anymore? I don't know, to be honest. The, the originals were a red pack? And then you had the orange. Now, this is true. Um, because... <laughs> now, this is one that I was was a difficult one for me. Because Guan Yu... Oh, sorry. Zhou Guan Yu. Now, the obvious one would be a fortune cookie. But I'm going to stay away from that. Joe Granu, for me, is a nice biscuit. I can't figure out what the heck it is. And by that, I mean it's nice niece. Do you call him nice or niece, Dan? Because that is nice Joe Granu. Because you can't tell what were you meant to say his fucking name. Joe Granu is a niece biscuit because you don't know which... Or nice biscuit because you just don't know what way to say his name. Lance Stroll. I'm excited. Let's go. Lance Stroll. He is a Viennese swell because there's no way he ends up in the barrel without daddy's money. Wait, what is he again? Viennese swell. Sebastian Vettel, custard cream. He's not the best. Hey, Viennese swirls look good. <laughs> daddy is good. Sebastian Vettel was the custard cream. He's old timey. He's a classic. He's been around for ages, and everyone has to. You just have to like him. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good. They're but they're kind of like. No, oh, they're a generic cookie. You're right. They're old fashioned. They were good when you were like five, four or five years old. Pierre Gasly, the chocolate Oreo. Because with Pierre Gasly, I always think brilliant. Pierre Gasly, he's he's run up a surprise, but he always gets these comparisons to someone else. He's always oh, Gasly's done this, so he's going to take up this person, or he's going to be like this person, but he never quite emulates the original. And for those who don't know the history, uh, Oreo cookies start off as something else. So been some proper there's been some research into this. There has been, been genuine research. Everybody that is completely miffed the same as I am, just Google it like I have and you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> well let's hear what's Max. Well, Who's we're Max? getting up, we're working our way up the driver's standings here. Okay. Fernando Alonso. For me, Fernando Alonso is a jammy dodger. Jammy Dodger. Jammy Dodger. It's this. another classic. It always goes down well. And also Danny has to Google jammy dodger. It's also very jammy. And we love how we know how Fernando Alonso loves to create a traffic jam. Ooh. Oh, that is the third dad joke. That's the, that's the third or fourth dad joke of the of the podcast. Yeah, we have those here. They're good. Yuki Sonoda, mini hobnobs. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. What? <laughs> what? You know Wait. you get little bags of hobnobs. Yeah. That, that's Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> No, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. There's the better one. Is there? Yeah. Do you know the, uh, you know, if you look at Yuki, he's adorable, right? He's ruthless, but he's adorable. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the uh, Maiji Hello Panda 
strawberry cream biscuits. No. They're little no. biscuits that have a little bit of strawberry filling inside. They're tiny. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of them. But they're, uh, yeah, that'd be him. <laughs> There's also poxy sticks. But that wouldn't work with him. No. What What about, no, actually, that might be a cake. What if, what if he was a little tiny macaroon? Dumpling. <laughs> little dumpling. Daniel Ricardo. This was a tough one because I didn't want to repeat biscuits. So for Daniel Ricardo, I went for the digestive. Just the plain digestive. I'll tell you why. It's a crowd pleaser. It makes everyone happy. But as, um, as time's gone on, better things have come along and should replace it. Which is why I, I'm going to jump up the order quickly to Lando Norris, the chocolate digestive. He's like the digestive. He's funny. He's good, a good driver. And he's better in every way. He's got a little bit of chocolate. Because he's sweet. I like Lando. But going back now, Kevin Magnussen. Kevin Magnussen is the party ring. You forgot it existed. And all of a sudden, one day, it's back. And you're delighted. Because everyone loves a party, party ring. ring. I've had to Google all of these. Most yeah, most of these those party rings. That, yeah, we oh, had those here. Yeah. But I just can't believe you guys named the cookie digestive. That to me is like, digestive cookie. It's, it's not a digestive. cookie. It's a biscuit. It's a biscuit. It's a biscuit yeah. Up next is Esteban Ocon. This I had to do some thinking about because I was running out of biscuits at this point, and I didn't want to use certain ones up. Le Petit Ecolier or Lotus Biscoff. That'd be good for him. We just give that out with coffees. Esteban Ocon. Now I didn't do too much reading. I. This is the one where I didn't do too much reading into, actually. Esteban Ocon is the French village German biscuit. <laughs> now, I'm not too sure, but the whole reason it's around is because it got spread around a lot by, <laughs> by a German manufacturer putting it anywhere it could find it. Oh, Valtteri Bottas. Nice. <laughs> Macaroon, because you have to love those buns. Lewis Hamilton. Is it? The Hobnob. The Hobnob. Classic. Brilliant. Gotta love it. Wow, Reese. The hobnob. I have to disagree with you. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. The chocolate finger. I like <laughs> chocolate fingers, and they're one of my favourites, and I don't know why. And that's Carlos Sainz to me. George Russell. Chocolate hobnob. <laughs> he's like a hobnob, but he's new and he's better. He's better than the original, let's face it. George Russell is absolutely wiping the floor of Lewis Hamilton this season. Now you put them in the same machinery. And as much as I like Hamilton, it's got to be there. Sergio Perez. Corbin, Sergio Perez. Now, this one I had to. This one was one of those ones. I think it's more of a personal opinion one. But Sergio Perez, he's like a bourbon biscuit. You get to the bottom of the barrel, and he's still there. And you're like, ah, oh, Perez, brilliant! What a nice surprise. And that was Red Bull finding Perez. Number two, Leclerc, the original Oreo. Everyone likes Leclerc, but he has a tendency to split on you when things get when things are getting a. Uh, a bit heated. <laughs> and finally, Max Verstappen, the fortune cookie, because he's full of shit. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like that. Nice mic drop, but I also think that Verstappen should be the, the broken biscuit bag because he's all over the fucking place. <laughs> Animal crackers. <laughs> Animal yeah. crackers. That should have been that should have been Yuki Sonoda. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. All right, there was a lot of research into biscuits there. But Nathan, I hope you're happy. I hope you appreciate the effort that I went to as uh, as I wasn't sure how much time I was going to have when Dan messaged us at around 6 o'clock tonight to say his uh, little ones weren't too well. And Dan, we hope your daughter is feeling well, better. 
thank you. And also, I want to just let Nathan know that this is going to take a lot more time to edit these biscuits. <laughs> and I hope that he appreciates it. And throw your next subject in the Discord, my friend. We are on it. We are crowd pleasers occasionally. We are crowd pleasers. Unless that crowd is Northern Irish and asleep, then we happen to annoy them quite a lot. Dan, should we talk about the Hippodrome? We can talk about the Hippodrome. Let's talk about the Hippodrome quickly. Yeah. If you're wondering why we're saying why we're talking about the Hippodrome, it's because the Hippodrome Casino in London, right by Leicester Square, is where we are hosting our first meetup. Um, we are, with the interest that we're having now, uh, we're delighted to say that we should. Well, sorry, with, with the interest we're having, we've spoken to the, uh, the venue and looks like we are going to be able to get our own private room with a big screen. Uh, we're still working on nice. some extra details as well. We want to. We really want to throw some extra bits in, some sort of competition bits or whatever. We just need to get permission of the venue. As you can understand, it's a casino, so hosting a competition in a casino might be a little bit tricky, but we're going to try and make it work. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, that is it's worth a go. It's worth a go. So that is on the 10th of July for the Austrian Grand Prix. So if you're in around London, want to travel in the UK, fancy seeing mine and dan's lovely faces because we're definitely going to be there and um uh, well we might try and get Danny. i'm better looking than reese if you're coming i'm better looking i'm the better looking one older but better looking are you just going for older <laughs> better looking friend is that the reference you're going for <laughs> that's it that's what i'm going for hopefully we'll have we might have our founding member of formula one uk coming as well hopefully hopefully fingers um, crossed. and a lot of the admin will be there as well and hopefully a lot of you guys can make it as well and if you can't and if you can't find the Hippodrome Casino, despite the wonderful directions just given you, what we're going to do is we're going to shine a torch at Dan's head, and that way the light will shine <laughs> up over London. <laughs> it's going to be like the uh, it's like the bat signal, but a little bit. It's the bold signal, a little bit less shiny. But no, I'll, but obviously, guys, if you can't find it or you don't know how to find it, jump in a taxi, jump in an Uber, uh, or whatever rideshare. They'll take you there. It's not very hard to find. Um, so you, sh you should be fine. But until next time, uh, everyone, I think we've covered a lot. There's IndyCar, there's Monaco, there's Biscuits, most importantly Biscuits. I hope, Nathan, you're happy. And uh, <laughs> be, uh, be weirdly grateful that Dan's daughter got unwell because otherwise I would not have had the time to have finished that. Uh, joking aside, yes, I'm sure she's going to be fine. I mean... What's the worst thing that could happen, Dan? She's already she's already related to you. <laughs> it's a low blow. It's it's a low blow. I don't feel like we need this abuse at the end. You've... I'm standing up for Chris. Someone's got to defend him. <laughs> Why? We need to bring Why? him back. Why do we have to defend him? We got to wake Chris up. <laughs> no, we, no, that's no, right. We we made an executive decision. Chris prefers View Cinema, so he so he can, he can just go there on a Monday. It's uh, I I, I think that. Chris is just on strike until Deresta comes back and then Deresta he can moan about Deresta because that, that's Chris's strong point <laughs> moaning about Deresta and his mediums medium medium tires anyway everyone if you enjoyed what you listened to there's a link in the bio of the podcast where you can find all the information on the event the discord and much more uh, until next time thanks to our sponsor Apex Tracks uh, I'm Reese, and I'm going to say goodbye and behind the Chris I'm going to say cheerio guys <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Cheers, guys. See ya.